Hello and welcome to the Region 3 Midwest and Plains Equity Assistance Center anti-racism podcast series entitled the 20-minute talk. The Region 3 MAP Center's anti-racism podcast series aims to advance anti-racism efforts and support anti-racist activities within school communities across and beyond the MAP Center's 13-state region with a succinct 20-minute discussion led by anti-racist practitioners. This anti-racism podcast episode is focused on introducing the MAP Center's anti-racism podcast series. We'll be hosting this series over the course of the upcoming year and we'll feature a variety of topics related to intersectional anti-racism across identity and lived experience. So uh, my name is Tiffany Kaiser and I serve as the Associate Director of um, Engagement and Partnerships for the MAP Center and I am thrilled to be hosting this anti-racism podcast series with my colleague, uh, Nikki Coomer, who will serve as my fellow co-host. Uh, Nikki is a doctoral research assistant with the MAP Center. We are also thrilled to have two guests who not only are tremendous scholars and practitioners in educational equity work, but also will lead us in affirming and deepening our understanding of anti-racism and engaging and or leading anti-racist practices in our school communities. So joined with us today are Dr. Kathleen Kingtorius, Executive Director and Principal Investigator of the MAP Center and Executive Director of the Great Lakes Equity Center, and Dr. Sina Skelton, Director of Operations for the MAP Center. Uh, Kathleen and Sina, we want to welcome you to the first uh, anti-racism podcast series. Welcome. Thank you, Tiffany and Nikki. I am so excited about this podcast series and very happy to be a part of the kickoff episode. So I'm going to move us into um, really two ref reflective prompts that we just wanted to pose to the both of you um, in no particular order, uh, but I'll just start with the first question. Why is a vodcast series of anti-racist practices important? And then secondly, what does anti-racism mean to the MAP Center? I'll just open it up and we can, we can jump right in. Right. I'll, I'll kick us off with that first question. Okay. Um, and the question of why I think is a really important question. Um, it, it, it provides us a rationale and a uh, for, for uh, and motivation for for um, why we're engaging in these kinds of uh, discussions and also really a beacon for what we want to strive for. Mm -hmm. And you know we've lived through um, this past year of 2020 um, facing. Um, uh, many, many challenges. And uh, for many people, um, particularly many people who possess uh, dominant identities, um, uh, many of the uh, uh, events or occurrences that either they've personally experienced or witnessed um, over the course of time via uh, various different media outlets, social media and electronic media have brought to surface uh, what, what many of us who embody um, minoritized identities have known since our sort of existence in this particular space. Um, that we live in a, a racialized society, that um, every day we navigate systems uh, that are racist systems. We experience uh, racism and racist encounters um, from the um, policies that affect our lives from the practices and, and structures that we navigate, um, and from interactions with people um, that we know, that we love, that are friends, 
um, and also people that are acquaintances. And what has been, I think, really kind of frustrating for, for us is this kind of um, maybe new realization that many of our colleagues and friends have um, uh, experienced that, that racism is a thing, right? That, that, there, that racism exists. And while I think we're, um, um, there's, a, there's a sense of yes and, and, and confirmation that yes, um, what we've been sharing with you all along is, is, is reality from, for most of us and that now you, you have witnessed this reality, you've experienced this reality, um, um, it is also frustrating for us because it's like, okay, now, now you're ready to sort of engage in this, in this conversation. And so it's, an, it's a critically important conversation to have. Uh, what is racism? Mm -hmm. um, but more importantly, I think, um, what does it mean to be anti-racist? And um, for me personally, um, I, I find the, the characterization of this concept of anti-racism, uh, anti-racist, um, I find that it has a lot of utility because it helps me understand and engage in dialogue with people that again, I know and love who have exhibited and um, engaged in sort of racist behavior. Um, but are not bad people, right? And I think this is sort of the, the conflation that many of us have, that if you are engaging in racist you know, rhetoric or discourse or behavior interactions or policies, that you are in fact a bad person. And, um, and I know many people that I love and care about who have espoused racist um, sentiments, who have engaged and in, in supported racist policies. But they, I would not. They are not bad people. These are people that I that are good people. People that I know. People that I love and care about. And so, this sort of reframe of this idea of um, uh, what does it mean to be anti-racist and anti-racism is more of a moment-to-moment -moment decision and action as opposed to a state of a state of being the static. And either you are a racist or you are not. Um, that that sort of um, hampers the conversation from moving forward. And so when we begin to think about and reframing this notion of um, engaging in, in, in behaviors or interactions that, that are racist versus then engaging in behaviors and interactions that are anti-racist, meaning that you're actively engaged in action that would um, uh, counteract the stratification of humans um, and hierarchy, stratification of humans based on racialized identities, um, that provides a lot of utility for people to begin to have a conversation and move forward. And so I think these conversations are important. I think they are timely. I, I think that there's a window that has opened to engage people who may not have seeing this conversation as being, or perceive this conversation as being relevant, relevant for them. Now they see the relevance um, and it's, it's certainly um, time to sort of seize this time to, to engage people and call people in to this, this very important uh, conversation that then leads to very important actions. Thanks, Ina. Um, you had a number of comments that were really resonating for me. One, the first thing I want to do is acknowledge um, the leadership, your leadership of the MAP Center as the Director of Operations and 
we're leading our center through these conversations and also um, emphasizing in your earlier comments that we all hold different intersecting identities and even within our center and you can see on this screen um, we show up differently in spaces and so it is important to acknowledge that and you talked about um, the importance of recognizing that for those who hold non-dominant um, minoritized racial identities um, you have been saying and, and experiencing uh, from the minute you show up in a space and in the space of the world that racism is um, a crucial if not the most crucial social issue that needs to be addressed and disrupted and undone um, and so I speak from a position of being in a dominant racial identity at other identity intersections, but as a white woman, a white cis woman who's non-disabled. And um, I want to point that out in terms of the resources of a vodcast. You know, many of us right now are having these conversations in this kind of a format. <laughs> um, or even if it's with family, where we may be showing up on a FaceTime or a Zoom or um, and a lot of us are engaging in social media in ways that may be elevated or different from before. And so these conversations about race, racism, and anti-racism are happening more and more frequently in these online spaces. And so why now? Part of it is so that um, this conversation can serve as a resource for any of um, any folks who are perceiving this via an online forum that can be shared, discussed, grappled with, taken apart, critiqued with your friends, family, and colleagues. Um, so as at the MAP Center, we've been moving, continuing to move into these online spaces to provide these kinds of resources that are accessible also in, in multiple formats um, so that they serve the function of um, being relevant for people wherever and whenever they're able to use them. The second piece I want to emphasize um, is regarding uh, also acknowledging sort of the parallel point that Sina made that as white non-disabled cis women, I and white people are socialized into racialized belief systems and racist policies, practices, and belief systems. And so um, again as people are engaging in these spaces we need resources to be able to sustain our attention to how we've benefited from those as white people how we have perpetuated and how we need to sustain our efforts to disrupt um, those kinds of our racist systems in our schools and in our society in our communities and in our families um, and also, finally, this idea that Sina also touched on about, and we can see this paralleled in social media, like if you think about, um, and I'll ask my, my white colleagues, so friends and family here who might be participating, you know, when you post a picture of your puppy or your child, the ways in which you get likes and loves and smiles and cares, but when you post uh, something about anti-racist practice, belief systems, or calling out or calling in racist activities, actions, belief systems, the silence, the silence is so perceivable. And so this idea about anti-racism not being silence, not being neutrality, it's pushing beyond the comfort, the white comfort of neutrality and silence 
to maintain and sustain um, efforts to understand and disrupt the ways that racism impacts our lives and the ways that we produce racism. So thanks for that opportunity to build on Sina's, Sina's thoughts. Yeah. Kathleen or Sina, any other thoughts or shares around this idea of um, anti-racist activity uh, around why, why the MAP Center feels like engaging this podcast series uh, is important beyond what you've you've shared already. Any other final thoughts or any key takeaways that you feel like you would challenge us uh, either viewing or listening to consider? Yeah, thank you, Tiffany. And this is really connecting, uh, Kathleen, to what you, what you just shared and the importance of, uh, we talk about this a lot in our center, um, the use of tools and how tools really mediate new learning and that um, learning is, is really mediated by the various different tools that we employ in different spaces. And so the idea that, um, that conversation and discourse is a tool, like um, the way how we talk about things and how we talk about how we're talking about things is, is, a, is a tool to expand and expand learning. But also in a very pragmatic sense, um, a vodcast series such as this can be used in local spaces as a tool to do a couple of things. One, um, to model, right? There's it's often, you know, I'm looking at a model of, of people talking about these challenging topics. Um, it's, uh, it can be a very strong tool. Uh, just today we were talking about a request um, that came to us and just um, an educator wanting to know, how do we talk about this in our space? Like we're struggling with, with, with engaging in these kinds of conversations. We want to have them, but we're, we're, we're sort of tentative about where to begin. And so a, a podcast series such as this can provide some modeling uh, for these kinds of conversations. And so I, I really like the idea of, of how we think about um, the podcast series as a professional learning tool and how it can be leveraged as a professional learning tool um, in various different um, uh, professional learning spaces. And not just professional learning spaces, but personal learning spaces. So, you know, as you and Kathleen were both talking, like you said, stimulating these conversations and then offering this conversation and com the conversations that we'll be having over the course of this series as objects of discussion for other folks, you know, to surface topics and to introduce maybe vocabulary uh, and then and give tools uh, and to provide some some ways and some means and some stimulation for for encouraging and sustaining uh, anti-racism in our personal and professional lives. I was just struck by this this notion that um, that, that that the white people benefit from racism, which is true. And if you're so, if I were a white person, I might say, well, whether I say this consciously or not, where if I'm being, if this is a ben, this is helpful to me, why would I really want? <laughs> why would I really want to dismantle it if it's really helpful to me? Right, the whole interest, um, self-interest thing. Yeah. But it's not really, for most white people, it's not really helpful for them either. It is to a, to a degree, but not to the degree that they think it is, right? And so, um, but that is that is unpacking a lot. And I don't know, it's too layered. So maybe I'll just save that soundbite for a different 20-minute conversation. While we talk a lot about the how white people benefit from racism, the racism hurts white people too, you know, right? So this whole notion of like sort of interest and it's really the best interest of all people, 
but including white people, people who possess dominant identities that um, to engage in anti-racism and to dismantle racism. Because really no one benefits from racism, mm -hmm. right? Um, not, you know, you know what I mean? Like racism is, is racism is a bad thing and no one benefits from it. There people um, are able to, um, uh, are afforded particular privileges, but for the most part, it, racism is harmful to everyone. I really appreciate the point um, that you're making though, Sina. The only thing I'll add now, because I know this is supposed to be 20 minutes, um, is the focus for the MAP Center on anti-racism as a call to action. And, I, and we want to make the, to, to distinguish between uh, context and action. So equity assistance centers have been around for a long time. And I hope elsewhere you'll learn about the work of the Equity Assistance Center Network. But equity is describing a context, particular experience or context. And Sina was talking about before, and Nikki had mentioned, we at the center utilize tools to support and to facilitate the um, achievement and the continuous work toward the achievement of equitable contexts and experiences. But anti-racism is a call to action. It requires movement. It requires sustained, perpetuated movement and change. And that for me evokes um, a different way that we can think about our work at the MAP Center uh, as being um, dynamic, as being committed, and as being um, well-resourced toward disrupting racism in our schools and our society. Thanks. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for that. And thank you both, Sina and Kathleen, for um, sharing how the MAP Center positions resources and tools to stimulate those type of uh, shifts in, in moving towards more equitable contexts uh, using uh, anti-racist and other um, forms of anti-oppressive activity, but in the, in the context of this conversation, we want to situate very squarely and overtly anti-racist activity. So thank you for that. All right, so I would love to thank you both as well. Um, I appreciate the context and I'm excited to share um, this podcast and get it out into the world to, you know, so that people can listen and have their own conversations in their own spaces. Um, and before we close out, though, I do want to point uh, to a few of our uh, resources that we've developed at the MAP Center uh, that are related to, to anti-racism. Um, so uh, I encourage our, our viewers to stop by our website at greatlakesequity.org um, and visit our online equity resource library. Um, they'll find there uh, a few different titles on our anti-racism webpage, um, one of which is our Equilearn webinar, Ensuring Every Student Succeeds, Understanding and Redressing Intersecting Oppressions of Racism, Sexism, and Classism, um, as well as our Equity Digest, entitled Race Matters in School. So again, for our viewers, please stop by our website and you'll find an array of resources that um, are sure to be helpful. Uh, to you in both your professional and personal lives. So also, I want to encourage our, our listeners and our viewers to follow us on social media. So we are on Facebook as the Great Lakes Equity Center slash the Midwest Plains Equity Assistance Center, um, as well as on Twitter at Great Lakes EAC. 
So if you'd like to engage with us, we'd love to hear from you. Um, answer, how are you going to use what you learned today? Um, and again, tweet us at, at Great Lakes EAC, hashtag map equity. Yeah, thank you, Nikki. And I just want to offer um, just a special thank you, thank you to um, Sina and Kathleen for joining us on our uh, kickoff of our uh, anti-racism uh, biocast series. We deeply appreciate your perspective, your, um, your thought and consideration and care, um, your leadership uh, of the Midwestern Plains Equity Assistance Center. So um, just thank you for being here. Thank you for what you do. And thank you for what you have put out for, for all of us to consider and to reflect and to hopefully um, enact. So thank you. This resource was brought to you by the Midwestern Plains Equity Assistance Center. To find out about other Midwestern Plains Equity Assistance Center resources, visit our website at www.greatlakesequity.org. To subscribe to our publications, click on the subscribe to our publications link located on the Midwestern Plains Equity Assistance Center website. The Midwestern Plains Equity Assistance Center, a project of the Great Lakes Equity Center, is funded by the United States Department of Education to provide technical assistance, resources, and professional learning opportunities related to equity, civil rights, and systemic school reform throughout our 13-state region. The contents of this presentation were developed under a grant from the U.S. Department of Education. However, these contents do not necessarily represent the policy of the U.S. Department of Education, and you should not assume endorsement by the federal government. This product and its contents are provided to educators, local and state education agencies, and or non-commercial entities for educational training purposes only. No part of this recording may be reproduced or utilized in any form or in any means, electronic or mechanical, including recording or by an, any information storage and retrieval system without permission in writing from the Midwest and Plains Equity Assistance Center. Finally, the Midwest and Plains Equity Assistance Center would like to thank the Indiana University School of Education Indianapolis at IUPY, as well as Executive Director Dr. Catherine Kingtorius, Director of Operations Dr. Sina Skelton, and Associate Director Dr. Tiffany Kaiser for their leadership and guidance in the development of all tools and resources to support the region.